Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, we're blessed. Happy Mother's Day for like the 50th time. <laughs> Sorry, but I have to say it to you. Um, I'm so excited to, to preach the word today. And I haven't for like year, a few years. And every time Matt would ask me, do you, do you want to bring the word on Mother's Day? I would be like, no, I mean, not really, because then I got to like prepare all the way up to it and wake up early that morning. And then I preach all morning and then I'm exhausted when I get home. And then I'm like, there's Mother's Day. <laughs> like, how can I just get spoiled the most? So I lived a selfish few years of Mother's Days, and it was great. Party's over. Just kidding. <laughs> I think it was my kids were young, and so I just was exhausted more, you know? And now my kids are at this, like, age where I feel like I'm refreshed more. So I don't know if you're in, your, you're in like, a season of I never sleep, but it gets better, I promise. <laughs> Couldn't have told me that two years ago, but I believe it with all my heart now. <laughs> Praise him. <laughs> okay, I want to share with you a few things before we start, just, well, as we start, that the Bible says about motherhood, because if there's a better place to look, I don't know, and there's not one, just FYI. Motherhood, the Bible says, is a blessing. Psalm 127.3 says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Motherhood is ordained by God. Psalm 139, 13 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6, Motherhood is full of hope. Start children off in the way they should go. This is a promise that we need as parents and as mothers. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. That's a promise in the Bible. Motherhood is full of joy. Proverbs 23, 25 says, May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. When she gave you birth, it was not that joyful, but then soon afterwards it became full of joy. And the Bible says motherhood is full of joy. May she who gave you birth be full of joy. Motherhood is a calling. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. It's Proverbs 31. And motherhood is worthy of honor. Ephesians 6 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. (laughs) Come on. You told your children that, right? Honor your father and mother, the Bible says. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise So that, this is the promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. You want to enjoy long life on the earth? I don't know, maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, I'm out, I'm over this. But the Bible says, honor your father and mother, and that's the promise that goes with it. So today we're honoring the mothers in the house. Because the Bible tells us we're to honor our father and mother. So we're spending some time maybe on like a monetized holiday that the world has given us going, you know, you know what? The Bible said to honor your father and mother. So I'm going to honor my mother today. Exodus 20:12 says, honor your father and mother. And so I don't know what Mother's Day is like for you. 
Maybe it's a really hard day. Maybe your mom isn't with us anymore. Maybe she's gone on to heaven and home and motherhood is, Mother's Day is hard for you or maybe you know, you're waiting for a child and so Mother's Day is like painful. Maybe you see pregnant women everywhere you go and your heart is breaking and Mother's Day is like, I just want it to be over. Or maybe Mother's Day is full of joy for you. We're all in different seasons and, and different places, but can I tell you that, that today as you're in the house of God, he wants to give you something more than what you came in expecting. And that honoring the mothers today, he can take what is a painful situation and he can show you where he's in the middle of it with you and he can, and he can remind you that he's gonna lead you through it. And, and both peace and pain can actually exist in the same place today. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he meets you in your pain if you're hurting today. I've been a daughter, I've been a mother, I've been a bereaved mother, I've been a mother that struggled with infertility, I've been a celebrating mother, I've been a mother on Mother's Day struggling through anxiety and depression. I've been a lot of different kinds of of mothers on Mother's Day. I felt a lot of different things on Mother's Day, and I've found myself a lot of different places, but one place I've, I've always found myself on Mother's Day is with Jesus. And so wherever you find yourself today, whether you're rejoicing or you're mourning, find yourself with Jesus. He's the only one that can help you get from where you are to where he's called you to be, and he has good things planned for you. He didn't forget you when today began. He, he didn't... Forget that you were hurting and he knew that you would be sitting here and he's ready this morning. If you would just open your heart, let your heart get a little soft and let your ears hear and your eyes see, he's ready to help you move from what it's always been for you into a new season of Mother's Days. So it couldn't, I couldn't go any further, obviously, this morning without taking a moment to honor my mom. Eh? So... She knew it was coming. She's like, I just feel a little bit nervous. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's fine. So my mom on the screen here, there she is. <laughs> I won't make you come up because I know you hate that. But I would like you to receive these flowers. <laughs> mama, I love you. <laughs> I love you, Mama. My mom is amazing. I feel like most of you have had a conversation that's probably changed your life with my mom. You know, and I think about my mom and the way that she raised me, and and the reality is that we're all sitting here today because of the life of faithfulness that she and my dad led. So if you're thankful for our church, be thankful for my mom, right? that woman some tissues. (laughs) And when I think about my mom and I think about Mother's Day, it's really about legacy, you know? And I was thinking, you know, of honoring her, and then I just thought, I wonder if you, you know, if you've met my mom, you can put the picture back up. We're not done looking at how beautiful she is. (laughs) Look at that. Look at the purity in her eyes. It's like it speaks to your soul. I remember being a naughty kid, and if I just made eye contact with her, it was like all of the like darkness in my soul was laid bare. 
look away, don't look her in the eyes. Like superhero, mother, strength. But I, I wonder if just out of interest, if you've ever been like moved by a conversation with my mom or you've like experienced Jesus just through knowing my mom or knowing about my mom, if you could just stand to your feet. Okay. <laughs> I told her I was going to get her good. Okay, the reason, you can sit down. The reason that I, that I do that is because I want to take a minute and talk about legacy. And the thing that's amazing about my mom is she has a living legacy. So legacy is something that you leave after you're gone. But a living legacy is something that because of the fruit of your life and your choices, you get to experience and see while you're still alive. And a living legacy is something that I want to have and that I've learned from my mom. And so if you're looking for a title today, it's I got it from my mama. <laughs> Just one more, mom. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a living legacy because of her. I'm her living legacy. Myself, my, my brother, our spouses, our children, colonial church, and I could just like go on and on and on. We're her living legacy. And when she met Jesus as a 15-year-old and when my dad met Jesus as an 18-year-old and they said yes to them, they surrendered their lives to him, their story, their surrender, their faith to God throughout their lives, throughout the ups and the downs have taught me how to love and live for him. Like, I remember when we didn't have a lot of money and, and my parents faithfully gave to God when they weren't sure how it was going to all add up, but they just knew God said he gets the best and he gets the first, so I'm just going to trust him and I'm going to do it first and I'm going to believe he's going to provide everything that I need. And he did, and he did over and over and over, and we, we never lacked anything. And then I saw him bless our family throughout my life where like it didn't make sense that my dad was able to retire so young, but he was just faithful to God and he trusted God with our finance and our family moved forward because of that. And, and I learned what it meant to trust God with your first and your best. And I saw my mom pray me through seasons where it was dark and heavy for me. And I saw that she kept trusting God when it would have been easier probably to just throw in the towel and go, I can't, how can I help her? She's crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was rough for a while. I didn't make it easy, but they didn't quit believing that I was going to not turn from what they had taught me from, that, that train up your child in the way that they should go. And when they get older, they're not going to turn from you because it's going to be stuck in them so much because the stories of God's faithfulness are just everywhere. It's like, how can you turn? What could be better? You offer them the very best, and then what could be better? That's what it looks like to train up your child in the way that they should go. Just show them him. He's the best. It doesn't get better than him. If they, if they experience God for themselves and they know him, there will never be anything that will add up to how good he is. So you don't have to convince them. You just have to show him, and your life shows him because you trust him. And God comes through, and there's miracle after miracle, and, and there's all these moments when your kids gonna, are going to be like, I remember God doing that in our family and in my parents' lives and in my life, and I was a product of their faith in God. And and that's what it means to have a living legacy because your children start to do the same thing and you see it happen and, and you get the blessing of being a part of the legacy God is leaving in your life. My dad 
um, and my mom texts us every Sunday morning. We have a family text, and it's always like, I'm praying for church this morning. I'm believing for these things, and I just, you know, it's this beautiful text that we always have together, and it was really cool. My dad texted us this morning, and I just stuck it into my notes, and I was on the way. Um, we all read Oswald Chambers. It's like a, a daily devotional, and I can't remember when I wasn't reading it. I think when I could start reading, they gave it to me, and we've read it year after year. It never gets old. It's so powerful, and this was a quote from Oswald Chambers today. It says, a saint's life is in the hands of God like a bow and arrow in the hands of an archer. God is aiming at something the saint cannot see, but our Lord continues to stretch and strain And every once in a while, the saint says, I can't take any (laughs) more. Yet God pays no attention. He goes on stretching until his purpose is in sight. And then he lets the arrow fly. God has shown me what that looks like through my parents. And the more he has stretched them and I saw the arrow fly, the more I'm like, keep stretching me, God. And let the arrow fly. The the Bible talks about children being like arrows in the hands of a warrior. We're called to declare to one another the works he has done. In Psalm 145, it says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. And this is amazing. It says, They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds. And it says, and I will declare your greatness. Do you see the generations? They shall speak and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. So whether or not we realize it this morning, we are in the middle, you and I, of leaving a legacy. You are right in the middle of it. It's not meant to start in a week. You're not getting like the timeline soon, like you get your classes to school. You are like, you're living it right now. You're leaving a legacy right now. And, and you know, your life doesn't have to be perfect to see a godly living legacy. It just has to be surrendered. There's an urgency for us to start sharing the stories of our imperfect lives with the people around us. That's what a legacy, that's how a legacy comes to be is you just share stories. One generation shall tell to the next. I'm gonna go back up to this. They shall speak and I will declare. I'm supposed to speak, you're supposed to speak and then they will declare. There's an incredible passage of scripture in Joshua chapter four, it says, When the whole nation, this is just after Moses has died and and Joshua is leading the people of Israel and they're crossing over into the promised land and they have to cross the Jordan River, which is like overflowing its banks and how are they gonna get there? And it says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, so they've just crossed the Jordan, the miracles happen. It says, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So what's happening here? This is is where Israel is about to make memorial stones of the miracle that God has done and had done in their lives generations before and in their generation. And God says to tell the people To go get stones from where? From the middle 
In other words, go to the middle of the miracle, go to where I just did something mighty, and get your stone from there. Where the, where the present, the ark of the Lord is there. So the, that's the presence of the Lord. To so go to where the presence of the Lord, remember where he just did a miracle and get a stone from his presence going, I'm gonna remember this and I'm not just gonna remember it, but I'm gonna tell generation after generation that God, you did this. And then it says, carry them over with you and put them in the place that you will stay tonight. And what's gonna happen when they stay that night? They're gonna rest and where does God want you to take that memorial from your miracle and build and build it and stack stone on stone? It's in your rest. And it's because God didn't just take you through the middle of something impossible. He then gave you rest. And the stories that we tell and the legacy that we leave comes from going, you were in the middle of, of the impossible for me, God. Your presence was there. And then from the middle of that, I'm not going to forget, but I'm going to carry it with me. And as you give me rest for the next season of my life, I'm going to begin to build a memorial. And you know what's amazing about this is you don't set memorial stones for the things that you did. You don't say, oh, look what I did. Back there, I made it. I made it through the river. You make the memorial because of what God did. And we don't Raise the next generation going, oh, you're strong, you can do it, you're so strong, you're going to make it through this. We raise the next generation and we declare to them, you're going to make it because God is your strength. He is an ever-present help in trouble. And they're not going to make it because they built on sinking stand. They're going to make it because we showed them where to build their house on the rock. And that's what it looks like to leave a legacy and to set up a memorial of the things that God has done in our lives because those memorials just shout, God was in the middle of my impossible. He's in the middle of your impossible today. It's all kind of mothers in the room today. And I was thinking about how, you know, you can come in today and some of our dearest friends, their daughters don't have a mother that's here earthside anymore, but they have her, her legacy. They have her legacy. Do you know that even in the lack of that maybe physical presence on the earth that God is placing spiritual mothers in our lives? And for those that are lacking, even maybe if your mom, you didn't have that relationship with your mom, and you're like, oh, one generation to the next, there is no generation before me. That's you. You start that today. But do you know that even if, if you don't feel like there was a generation before you that set you up for this, that you can ask God to give you a spiritual mother in your life? You don't have somebody like that? What about just going, hey, God, I, this is something my heart needs. I don't have this, and I, I want somebody I can call. God, when there's stuff going down, I need somebody that I can call. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't get a lot from my mom. I know she loved me, but, you know, I, I was missing this element of whatever. I don't know what it looks like for you. But I know there's a lot of women in this house who are amazing spiritual mothers. Look at my mom. She has probably like 4,000 spiritual children. You should be getting a lot of gifts today. <laughs> Payoff. <laughs> Just kidding. But I wanted to take a moment, because I got it from my mama, and I, and I wanted to share some things that I got from my mama with you. 
Just some really helpful things that I feel like God taught me through my mom's life. And I thought maybe that will be helpful. Maybe this is the first time you're getting a spiritual mother's wisdom. So you're going to hear it from me, but I got it from my mama, okay? All right, so number one, hide his word in your heart. It's one of the first things my mom taught me. How, it, it says in Psalm 119, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? Want to know how you can keep looking like Jesus and you can keep it pure and holy? This is how. This is like, I mean, it's kind of hard to debate that, right? It's pretty direct. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? Answer is by living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Okay, I heard that verse so many times as a child. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'll delight in your decrees. I'm not gonna neglect your word, God. And one of the first things I learned as, as a child was to memorize scripture. And the way that my mom did that was when we were naughty, we had to write scripture <laughs> over and over. We'd start with 20, here, let me just give you the, the this was one that we wrote a lot. <laughs> Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Also, honor thy father and mother, but man, the obey your parents and the Lord, that one came up often. And we would start with 25 sentences, and then it would go by 25 to 50, and then sometimes it would just, it was like exponential, we're at 100, and I usually get around 100, 150 tops. Jeremy hit like 2,000 every, I mean, I remember the day. It was like, I was sitting there even young, like, oh, that's unrealistic, like, how's he going to write two? It was like weeks of the same, obey your parents and the Lord. There's a lot of sentence writing in our house. But you know what? It was on purpose because as an adult, when I was in the middle of a situation that I didn't know what to do or something happened and you don't maybe, you're not like sitting in your, in the morning with your Bible, like talking to Jesus and stuff happens like out in real life. You know what happens is that scripture just floats right to the surface. You're like, okay, God, that's what you said. It's, it's incredible how that happens. And my kids now are memorizing scripture. And, and the reason that I'm like, this is, the best, this is the best thing for you. Memorize it. Put it in your heart because you're going to need it. And I think about the story of Jesus and the boat with the disciples. And they're out on the sea and the the, the winds and the rains come and the seas rise up and they're terrified for their life and they call out to Jesus and he calms the storm and Jesus is the word. Did you know that Jesus is the word? He is the word made flesh, right? So what happens is the storm comes and the disciples go, Jesus, help us. And Jesus calms the storm. Do you know that when you and I are in the middle of the storms of life, we still call out to the word. The word is still with us. In your boat, this is Jesus in your boat. He is the word made flesh. And so if you have the word in your heart, you might not have the paper right with you, but when it's in your heart, it is the thing that will calm the storm in your life because it's Jesus, the word made flesh. Isn't that incredible that we still have access to what the disciples called out to in the middle of their storm. You know that the Bible tells us in the armor of God that 
this is the only offenses, offensive weapon that's mentioned when, when the armor of God is listed out. There's the belts of truth. There's the breastplate of righteousness, shoes that are the readiness given by the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. Those are all defensive weapons from what might come at us. But you know what is offensive is the sword of the Spirit. So when the storms come and you've got things attacking you from every side, your weapon isn't just to, I can do this, I can be strong. Your weapon is the word of God that is hidden in your heart. Jesus quoted scripture to the devil. Why? Because it was an offensive weapon. If it's good enough for him, you know, (laughs) I don't need to finish that right. So hide his word in your heart. Number two, Be slow to anger and quick to love. Don't react, respond. Don't let bitterness and anger take root in your heart. Don't just hear what somebody is saying, but listen. Proverbs 17 tells us, the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Jesus, help me. (laughs) Sometimes when I'm hangry, you know, hangry, it's like, I'll mess you up. And then it says this, even fools are thought wise if they keep silent. Good news (laughs) this morning, if you are a straight-up fool, if you just keep your mouth shut, somebody might be like, that's a woman of wisdom, man of wisdom. (laughs) You don't have to do anything, just don't say anything. And then it says, and discerning if they hold their tongues. You don't even have to have it all together. Just shh. And people will be like, yeah, wow, they're, that's just amazing. <laughs> I mean, you could be a total, like, just, I don't know, like me. You could be me and just shh. I should probably stop talking. <laughs> Psalms 103 says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious. And then it says, slow to anger abounding in love. That's who he is. And we are called to be like he is. And you don't have to like grunt it out to get there on your own. He wants to help you get there. He wants to walk with you. And when you hide his word in your heart and you know him and you invite him into your life, he helps you begin to walk out what it looks like to be slow to anger and be rich in love. That means like anger Anger slow down, but there's like this richness, this overflow of love that if you imagine anger is just slowed down and love just covers it. And it's hard to go back to anger when you remember how much you're loved. You've been loved and how much God has done for you. And God is saying, hey, just slow down the anger and remember what I've done for you. So be slow to anger and quick to love. Number three, my mama taught me to pray without ceasing. Pray for your family, pray for your spouse, pray for your children, pray for your friends, pray for your enemies, hey? When you're struggling, pray. When you're rejoicing, pray. When you don't know what to ask, what to pray, ask the Holy Spirit to give you utterance for the things you don't understand. Pray for miracles, pray for wisdom, pray for greater faith, pray for help, pray for safety, but never stop praying, And if you went through the journals that my mom has stacked in some storage unit probably, yeah, somewhere, you would find shelves 
after shelf, after shelf, after shelf of all of the dirty secrets of our lives. <laughs> you know what's in there, though? Prayers. It's the, the discipline and the decision to wake up morning after morning to open the word of God and to go, this is the scripture God has given me for today. I'm going to write it down, and then I'm going to start to pray that scripture over my children. Then I'm going to pray for their day. I'm going to pray when we were young for their spouse. I'm going to pray for if, you know, I was having like an attitude issue, which was off, often. I had a cheerleading shirt that says, attitude is everything. And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> I'm sure that's in the journal. <laughs> The, the moments that I was just running my own way and wanted to find myself and I wasn't putting God, that's in there. When God wasn't first, that's in there. And I've been prayed through my whole life along with my brother and then along with my husband and along with my children now. And if you follow my mom on, on social media, you see she just, you know, puts up prayers. You, just, you can read some of her journals, which is awesome. Like, welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do that. So on behalf of my mom, you're welcome. <laughs> But pray, pray about everything, invite God into every part of your life. That's what I learned. When you don't know what to do, pray. When you don't have the right words, ask the Holy Spirit to help you pray. Ask him to give you a, a prayer language that's beyond yourself to, to edify your soul and remind yourself, I will bless the Lord on my soul at all times. Your praise will continually be on my lips. First Thessalonians 5 says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's his will. You want to know what God's will for your life is? Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all cir circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You don't know what to do with your life? Do that. <laughs> Seems really simple, but I bet you anything, just like he tells us, he will make your path straight Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. Do you know why I know that scripture? Because my mom taught me how to hide his word in my heart. And you know how they just, that's what he wants to do. He just wants to bring it to your mind. You just start hiding it in your heart. Spend time with him. Pray. Invite him into every part of your life. And then lastly, go to the secret place. What does that mean? Like, it's not like a theme park, not like the alligator farm, SeaWorld. I, just FYI, just so you know something about me, I don't like theme parks. They really stress me out. All the people like sweating and trying to eat turkey legs. I can't. <laughs> it's too much for me. Like I would pay you money not to make me go to a theme park. <laughs> I, it's great for people. I know that people love it. I'm like, God, I don't understand. I want to be one of those people. They look so happy there, but it's not happy for me. <laughs> but we have to know how to go to the secret place. And the secret place means you're getting away with him. It's the unseen part of your life where you actually sit with God and you hear from him and you, and you speak to him and you read his word and you allow him to you meditate on it. Some of us would be super comfortable like meditating in a yoga session, but we don't know how to meditate on the word of God. Isn't that funny? Like wrong, the meditation anywhere should always be on the word of God. The only meditation you hear about in the Bible is meditating on the word of God. So if you're gonna meditate on something, make sure there's some scripture. You know what I'm saying? So get to number one, hide his word in your heart before you get to, okay, careful. Secret place. 
Get away with God. Matthew 11 tells us, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? What does it, what does it tell us to do in the word of God? It says, come to me. It says, Jesus, come to me. Go to him. And then it says, get away with me. Go to the secret place with him. And then it says, and you'll recover your life. Do you know what to do when it feels stale? It's probably because it's becoming like religious for you and an act of like old covenant worship when Jesus is like, no, this is good. We do these things. This is a part of your spiritual life. We go to church. We, we give God our best and first. And then, but if that's not all wrapped up and God is in my heart and he's speaking to me and it's alive in me, the Bible says his word is living and active. When you have his word hidden in your heart, it's alive in you and it keeps you refreshed and alive. And, and when you're getting away with him and hearing from God, everything you see outside of that is filtered through God loves me, God has a purpose for my life. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Even when I'm in the middle of the storm, I know my God is with me. Be strong and courageous in the Lord. There's so many scriptures that help us move forward in life, but unless we're sitting with God and he's speaking them into our souls and they become a part of the fabric of who we are, then things can get a little bit stale, right? This is what it says in Matthew 6, 6. It says, but when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Psalm 32, 6 says, Therefore let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Psalm 119, you are my refuge and my shield. I've put my hope in your word. I don't know for you which one of those stood out today, or maybe all of them stood out, but what I do know is there's all of these pieces that God has created for us to have in our lives, and you know, maybe you didn't hear that from your mama. You heard it this morning and maybe God's gonna bring a spiritual mama in your life and you're gonna actually need to go, you know what, you're right, that was hard to hear, but I know you love me and you're right and I need that in my life. But what I know is today is the start of something new for us because God is always doing a new thing and you are the generation that's gonna declare whether or not there was a generation before you, you are the generation that's gonna declare to the next generation who's gonna be saying, I got it from my mama, I got it from my daddy, I saw them live it out. I saw the miracles. There are memorial stones everywhere because of what God did in their lives. You are gonna be that generation. And the way that you're gonna do it is you're just gonna be found with Jesus. You're gonna be found in his word. You're gonna be found just spouting out scripture. You're gonna be found praying without stopping. You're gonna be found just getting away with him and hearing from him and going, it's not enough just to say the right things. God, I want it to just seep out of every pore in my body. And so let's just stand to our feet for a moment. And I just wanna take a moment, because there's not one person in this room that if you stopped to ask God to show you, could be found lacking, because he has done something in every one of our lives. Even if you don't know him yet, I'm telling you, he's been working in your life. 
And I believe he can show you this morning how he's been leading you right to where you're standing. You might think it's just a coincidence that you walk in, but I'm telling you, God's been working in your life. He's been positioning people that are like, come on, just come with me. Just show up. It's not a big deal. Come on, just come. It's just like, we're just hanging out. And they're like, God's going to move because God is so good. I know he does that. And there's other of us, others of us in here that are new on the journey. But you know what? The greatest miracle of your life is that he has saved your soul. And then he rescued you. And when you were without a way to have a relationship with a father in heaven that loved you, Jesus made a way. And there are others of us in here that we're like, I've been doing this for decade upon decade upon decade. And you can look back through your life and there are just memorial stones everywhere. Wherever you're at this morning, I'm just gonna pray over us and we're gonna worship. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to remind you where you need to go back to the middle of the river, to the middle of the miracle and grab some stones and begin to build memorials so that generation on generation will declare his acts and his wonders from, from one to the next. So let's pray. In Jesus' name, God, we ask by your Holy Spirit that you would begin to pour out memories on us. God, help us to recall the places that you have met us. God, the dark places that we have been when you were there with us. God, when we were waiting for a miracle. God, when we were desperate, how you met us in the middle of our desperation. God, where the story has come full circle and we've seen the promise fulfilled, we rejoice, God, and we build memorials this morning to remember you, God. When we're in the middle of it this morning, God, we say, I know the miracle is coming, God. I know you are faithful. And all of the stories that you've done in the past are what remind me today that you will be faithful again. God, remind our souls. Remind our hearts. God, and may your praise be continually on our lips as we remember you, God, as we thank you, as we believe with expectation, and we worship you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.